What AFC South running back might just move up a full round near the top of the draft board? Is there a reason to be concerned about the much-hyped Browns offense? And we talk about a pair of NFC North running backs that are poised to be moving up in drafts this weekend. Plus, Adam Krautwurst, a two-time league winner in the FPC, drops in to discuss his thoughts about the Bills' backfield, his strategy when he competes in the 2019 FPC Pros vs. Joe's Challenge, and, of course, much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Falkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Put your hands, everybody, if you've got what it takes. Because I'm KRS, and I'm on the mic, and premieres on the break. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. With the master Good evening, Rob. Thank you, and greetings and salutations to the rest of you, Balkaholics and Gerzak and Addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, why it's not all gumdrop and... Coming up on tonight's show, why it's not all gumdrops and rainbows for James Conner. This will all be cut out later. What surprising NFC South receiver is making waves in minicamp? And our first interview with one of the 2019 FFPC Pros versus Joe's drafters, Adam Krautwurst, is just around the corner as well. Shout out to the chat room right now. Yay, chat room. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. However, if you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFFR, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. Uh, Adam is on Twitter at Adam underscore Krautwurst. Uh, you can post on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Power. Give us a call at 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OBA. You can also email the show at the inbox, football at gmail.com. And if you have any questions for us, now is indeed your last chance to get them in. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, all your tweets, all your emails, and more in the fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show. Less than 28 hours left on our Father's Day promo. That's right, less than 28 hours to go. Uh, you can get a uh, $250, uh, or when you purchase a $250 lead, uh, we will get, get, get you or your father or your brother or your son or any relative, or you can keep it for yourself, a $35 FFPC lead credit. That is going to go until midnight Pacific time on Sunday night. Oh, so actually more than 28 hours. It's going to be like, Dave, what's my math on this? That's like, what, like 63 hours? Roughly? Midnight Sunday night. Yeah. Is it 63 from right now? I think it's like 63. We'll say 63. Less than 63 hours to go. I was told there would be no math. 
So less than 63 hours oh, to go. 50 some hours. All right, fine. 50 some hours on that. So make sure you're taking advantage. The early bird for the Football Guys Players Championship is also going on. That is good for until June 30th. 60 more days on that if you uh, want to get in on that and make sure that you're getting a $35 FFPC credit when you buy your team before June 30th and draft it before mid-July. You will get that. Uh, Dynasty Startups, of course. At MyFFPC.com this week, Best Ball Superflex and Double Ups, all available at MyFFPC.com. Dave, you are going to be off next week, so this is your last episode before we hit episode 400 next week. Yes, it's going to be sad to miss it, Balky. And it's unfortunate because it's an anniversary for you next week. As we celebrate our 400th episode, Dave, you are celebrating episode number 75. So very exciting stuff for you. Uh, You won't be here for it, of course, which is really unfortunate, but it's one of those things. Um, How are you doing this evening as we enter in mid-June? Doing great. Doing great. How's the FFPC doing? That's doing really well. Yeah? Yeah. Telling a lot of – I commissioned three football guys drafts last night, so I know that that's where we're plugging along there. Heating up. Yeah. Heating up is indeed. That's a good way way of uh, saying it. And there is a midnight draft tonight of which yours truly will be commissioning – there is seven spots left on that, David. Okay, so seven spots to go on that midnight draft, of which I'll be commissioning. I'm be honest with you, people. I love hanging out. I love watching your draft. Make sure you're filling that up so we can get a midnight draft off tonight. Always fun to have those going on in mid-June, and always fun to have a new guest on the show who I want to bring in right now. Now, despite being a weekly listener of this podcast, he has already banked two Football Guys Players Championship League titles in his career, and he is set to do battle with six industry pros coming up at the end of next month. Please welcome into the show Mr. Adam Krautwurst. Adam, thanks so much for being a part of the show tonight, my man. Thanks for having me, guys. How are you? We're doing good. Are, are, are you? Uh, so this had to be – I know you were very excited about getting picked for pros versus Joes. You, you probably started the strategy and the planning immediately after you found out you were chosen, right? Yeah, I was definitely uh, I was definitely excited. I think I think when I found out, I was I saw it on Twitter, and um, and I think I was actually in the bathroom like hiding from my children. I think, and I screamed at the top of my lungs. <laughs> so I uh, my <laughs> wife came running in, wondering wondering what the heck happened, and she didn't understand. So uh, I said, "Don't don't worry about it. I got studying to do." So uh, yeah, yeah it, I was it, excited, it's all, I was excited it, to say the least. Yeah, it's one of those happy screams that come from the bathroom. So congratulations to you on that. And, <laughs> not uh, the brain No, 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 absolutely not. And uh, happy early Father's Day to you as well. When you're not enjoying fantasy football, Adam, can you tell us what you're doing for a living? Sure, yeah. So I work for uh, – I, so I live in New York. I work for the state of New York. I, um, I inspect group homes for a living. So I, uh, I get in a car and I drive around. I cover, uh, I cover about 12 counties. So I drive around inspecting – group homes to make sure that they're safe and sound for everybody to live in. And uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts while I'm doing that, obviously, because I'm sometimes I'm driving three, four hours a day. And uh, when I'm not doing that, I'm, you know, I have a wife and three kids and I run a, uh, a pretty big flag football uh, league here in Rochester on the side. So uh, that, all that stuff keeps me, keeps me pretty busy. And according to your, to your uh, Twitter, and we can follow you on Twitter at Adam underscore Krautwurst, you are also a member of the Bills Mafia, right? I am. I am a big, uh, a pretty big Bills fan, unfortunately. So uh, it's been a, so, it's been so a rough me, ride. Let but. me ask yeah, <laughs> speaking of rough rides, uh, let me ask you this. How many flaming folding tables have you jumped through on Bills Sundays? <laughs> 
I'm not one of those Bills Mafia guys. I'm just I like I just watch <laughs> from like a distance. So, uh, but no, yeah, I, but I, probably, those, those guys are great. Those guys are great. Yeah, probably the safest way to do it, Dave, is not jumping through the flaming folding tables in the uh, the, the parking lot of the Bills Stadium. That's right. Uh, hey, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about the football guys draft you did uh, so far this year. You, you, you had the 10 pick in one draft, and uh, you ended up getting David Johnson. David Johnson's been really rising, actually, through the first round. But yeah, you got him at the 10th spot. Um, how hard how, how would you take him, though? Let's say if you had a different draft position, where would you still be looking at David Johnson? Yeah, so I was pretty excited at the time. So I think this draft was like May 17th. I just looked it up. Um, I was pretty excited to get him at the 10 spot. I kind of have a, I don't know, I have like a love-hate relationship with him because I think he's really good, obviously. But I took him, I think, third overall in the main event last year. Um, it didn't really kill me. I think he finished like ninth uh, out of all the running backs. So it didn't really kill me, but um, it wasn't what I was what I was looking for. But, um, so yeah, I was happy to get him at the 10 um, I've kind of been keeping up on where he's been going lately too, and I don't think I've even seen him even get to ten recently. So I think I got a little bit of value there. But I probably I give him it's like my number five running back right now, um, behind obviously Saquon, Zeke, uh, McCaffrey, and Kamara. So I probably um, I probably take Odell or Hopkins over him as well. So um, I'd probably take him at seven. Um, but I think 10 was a 10 was a pretty good spot to, to get him at. Yeah, Adam, to your point, David Johnson has been ascending draft boards. Now, over the last two weeks in FFPC best ball drafts, of which there have been 60 uh, drafts that have gone off, David Johnson, the latest he slipped uh, was the 110. So he has been going at the 110, but primarily the 106 is where he's been at. That's behind the four big running backs and Travis Kelsey. Be an interesting battle for Kelsey and David Johnson. And you can throw DeAndre Hopkins there as well as we get closer to the uh, main event time coming up in August to see who will be the 105 pick. But I think those four running backs are, are locked in and with Barkley, McCaffrey, Elliott, and Kamara going before him. But David Johnson continues to rise. And, you know, if he continues to make plays and, and does a good job in preseason, we could see him go even higher. Let's go to another running back, uh, this time in the AFC, and that's Sony Michelle over in New England. Now, the surgery for him uh, that, that he had in the offseason, I understand it was only an knee scope, but it's still surgery. Uh, it has me a little spooked. You drafted him at the 403. This was a draft uh, in, in late May. Can you tell us a little bit about why you weren't concerned with his knee for 2019 when uh, when you took him in the fourth round? Yeah, so I just – I'm a huge believer in Sonny Michelle's talent. Like, I love him as a player. I loved him coming out of Georgia. Um, I think he's uh, definitely the best running back on the team. The knee does bother me a little bit. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to lie. Um, in fact, even going back and looking at this draft, I took him over uh, over A.J. Green, over Julian Edelman. I would probably take those, like if I was drafting again today, I would probably take those guys over him. Uh, but I do believe in his talent. Um, the Patriots like him. Obviously, they drafted him in the first round. Um, and, you know, there's some question marks about, you know, does he catch the ball, stuff like that. I mean, he caught 60-plus balls at Georgia. So I think he has the ability to, to catch the ball. It's just whether or not they're going to allow him to and, Obviously, James White is still there, and, you know, they drafted Damian Harris, but I still think that um, Sony's uh, the most talented back there for sure. Uh, it's just uh, – but you're right. He did have a – he had a knee scope. Hopefully, it's just to – like a precautionary type deal. Um, 
but uh, yeah, there's not really much upside there where, where I took him. Um, but uh, but I do think I mean he had some monster games last year down down the stretch, especially during the NFL playoffs. So I think if he can just be healthy, uh, even if he can give me you know 13 healthy games. Um, I think he rushed for almost a thousand yards last year in 12 or 13 games. So if he can give me 13 healthy games, I think I'll be all right uh, with him there as my as my RB two. Two-time Football Guys Players Championship League winner and Football Guys, uh, excuse me, Pros versus Joe's Drafter in 2019. Adam Krautwurst joining the program tonight. Before you ask about David Montgomery, Dave, just curious your thoughts on Sony Michelle because we we kind of, it was kind of nebulous we didn't know what was going on and sometimes that's worse than actually knowing but now that we know it's a knee scope are you more reassured with Sony Michelle or are you still kind of treating him with kid gloves in in uh, in drafts and staying away from him? Uh, me personally, I'm kind of shying away from him. I'm more interested in James White at a value. He's getting he's pretty reasonably priced. He was a top ten back last year and it seems to me when Patriots use him he'll be in the same role. So I think that that. Getting him in the sixth round or wherever he's going seems like a pretty good value to me, at least. For, for Michelle? No, for James oh, White. Oh, for James White, yeah. Yeah, James White is going at the 511 in, in, in drafts right now. Sony Michelle's uh, ADP has slipped a little bit. He's now going at the 407. The guy I do want to talk about is going right in between them, Dave, and you're going to ask about David Montgomery, a guy who's going at the 508 in drafts right now. Yeah, you got him at the 510, so we keep talking running backs. Um, so what do, you think, uh, you think, what do you think about David Montgomery? You think he's a new rookie running back that excels this year? Uh, they're talking a little bit about three Cohen's touches possibly going down the passing game because Montgomery excels at that. So maybe talk a little bit about that. Then Mike Davis is running for, I think, a two-year contract, $6 million bucks. Was it two years? I'm going to have to look that up right now. I thought it was one year. Go, go ahead. Well, that's the question. So go ahead. I'll let you go ahead, Adam, and uh, see what you thought there. Yeah. Um, I lo- so I love David Montgomery. Again, I think he's the most talented back there. I usually – you know, try to draft um, for for talent, uh, and obviously opportunity helps helps as well. But I think, um, yeah, they I think they traded up to get him, um, and uh, he's he's an all round he's an all round back. They they already said um, that he's a, that he's a three down back there, um, and you know I think Pro Football Focus had him rated as like um, maybe the most elusive back as far as missing tackles in this draft class. So I think the talent's definitely there. Nagy loves him as a, as a three-down back. And, yeah, like I think um, Tariq Cohen's catches might go down a little, little bit, especially if, you know, if Montgomery can stand the field for all three for all three downs. And, you know, they uh, they got rid of Jordan Howard, so I obviously wanted to upgrade at that RB1 there in Chicago. So I think they, they really like him. I think he's really talented. Obviously the offense is, is, is ascending. Um, and as far as, like, Mike Davis, like I think every – I think every team, every NFL team has a Mike Davis. I think he's just another running back. So I don't think he's going to necessarily take away from D- David Montgomery. So, um, so yeah, I think I got pretty good value on him actually in the fifth. I think maybe in uh, a month or so or maybe when preseason starts, um, if he has like one new game, I think he'll ascend uh, at least a round, I would think. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, do, I definitely like his, his situation there. Yeah, Dave, I'm, I'm with Adam on this. I think Montgomery actually uh, is going to continue to rise up boards. We kind of know who Tariq Cohen is. We definitely know who Mike Davis is. And if he makes a couple of plays in the preseason, I'll put him on the semifinalist list for the 2019 HSFFO or Senate, David Montgomery. Uh, I think we, we're going to get to something later on in the show about somebody who essentially took himself out of the running for that label. I think Montgomery is firmly in the thick of it, no question. I want to keep talking about running backs with you, Adam. Uh, coming off of knee surgery uh, was, was Sony Michelle. Another guy who's coming off knee surgery is Darius Geis. 
This is a guy that you took in your football guys players championship draft at the 603, a guy who was the first running or second running back drafted last year in the NFL draft, obviously had the gruesome knee injury, but you think for a guy going as late as the early sixth round, are FFPC players undervaluing him right now, or is that where he should be going given the injury that he was coming off of? Yeah, this, this, this was a tough one. Um, I, I think I was getting down on, on the clock here when it came to making this pick, and I just thought he was the best player available. Um, you know, the injury does, doesn't concern me. I think guys bounce back pretty well from those, from those injuries, although he's had a couple of uh, minor procedures, I think, since, since then. Um, their quarterback situation stinks. I think they have Haskins and Keenum there. So, it's you know, I think they're going to be using the running backs a lot for sure. Obviously, talent. Uh, he, he was a highly drafted player, so I don't think talent's an issue either. To be honest with you, I think the thing that concerns me the most about him is the presence of Adrian Peterson, because I know they uh, they, they re-signed him, and Peterson, um, you know, he I think he wants Peterson wants the ball. Like when he was in New Orleans, I think, you know, we were all excited for the, all the talent they had there, but I think he left pretty quickly, or they traded him because he just he wasn't getting the ball and he wasn't happy. So my concern is if he's not getting the ball there. Or did they say, hey, you know, you're going to get the ball here, so resign with us? So um, that does concern me a little bit as far as Peterson maybe starting the season as the starter and guys having to kind of earn that position. But Peterson, I think, finished as a as a top 18 back, I think, uh, as a 34-year-old. So I think if um, you know if guys can can stay healthy and hold off Peterson, I think he could definitely be a, a top 15, top 13 type back. Um, and that, I think where I took him too, I think I took him, you know, after Kenyon Drake, Mark Ingram, Miles Sanders, Daryl Henderson. So I think I would take him over, over those guys for sure. Uh, just on upside alone. So, um, I, I don't necessarily know if he was a value now, but maybe we'll find out soon if kind of what their plans are for, for, for Adrian Peterson. Hey, Adam, Dave and I were talking about Adrian Peterson actually right before the show went on the air and Dave pointed out. Dude averaged 4.2 yards of carry last year. He had 1,042 yards on the ground. He got in the end zone seven times. And then also caught 20 passes to 208 yards, as well as another touchdown. So I think you're right. Finishing as a top 18 back is, is where he was last year. And this is a guy that Washington signed late in the process. Uh, so you got to believe as long as he's there, he's going to eat into uh, Geis' touches, no question. Um, we've, uh, we've had so much running back conversation, Dave. I feel like we should switch it up a little bit here as some receivers. Well, I mean, Adam has to draft receivers. We do. Yeah. receivers. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's exactly. right. So, who's, <laughs> by the way, who'd you take in that draft? You must have taken receivers in the second and third round, or did you, you take a tight end? Do you recall? Yeah, I took, I took Ertz in the second, uh, which I was really excited about. Okay. And then uh, I took, actually, so Travis Kelsey went a pick before David Johnson. I would have definitely taken Kelsey over David Johnson at, at 10. But um, So, yeah, I took Ertz and then Stefan Diggs in the third. Um, and usually, actually, it's funny because usually in these football guys, I, I take like a big running back early and then take a bunch of receivers. But the way, I don't know, the way this draft fell, I just have taken a bunch of running backs. Yeah, it worked out. You know, you have Sony Michelle and Darius guys both with a little bit of knee concerns, but now you have four backs, so you're just hoping that, you know, three of them pan out, three of the four pan out, the fourth does, that's great. Well, anyway, it's almost the pick seven times, so you kind of need that to pan out. So you ended up uh, having a choice between Emmanuel Sanders, Cortland Sutton, and I'm sure about 30 other wide receivers, too, at the seventh end. Well, as far as Broncos receivers go, Dave. Right. If you were to take a Broncos receiver only at the seventh end, you took the second-year player, 
a lot of SMU over uh, over the guys, you know, coming off a of ripped out this day. What do you have, Achilles? You are a master journalist. Here. Kevin Durant. Uh, <laughs> Great. Yes. All right. Anyway. Is that what we're calling it now? The KD injury. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> He's the doctor Foreman never comes back, but keeps on getting. Oh, you bite your tongue, my friend. All right, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so I definitely um, so the Sutton versus Sanders that that's pretty much a no-brainer for me. I don't you know, I think Sanders is like 32 years old now. He's coming off you know the KD injury, so I'm not so sure um, about him. Especially if, like if I have to choose between the two of them, I think I'm going to take Sutton. You know, he's, he's the ascending player. He's you know the prototypical um, maybe wide receiver one with his I think he's six three or six four, and um, he definitely flashed kind of towards the end of the year there. Uh, averaged, I think, 17 yards a catch for, for the season. So I kind of like where he's where he's trending. So if it's between him and um, Emmanuel Sanders, I'll definitely take him. Uh, you know, I don't love Joe, Joe Flacco, but, you know, we'll see uh, We'll see if they can get, get a rapport going on. But uh, honestly, I, I would probably kind of looking at it now, looking back, and, you know, this draft was about a month ago, um, I would probably take Deshaun Hamilton in, you know, the 14th or 15th round over both of them. Uh, you know, I'd rather have him in the 14th or 15th um, because I just think that he might actually be, uh, he might get most of the targets there actually. So, um, you know, kind of going back, I would, I would have probably just waited and taken Sean Hamilton, but um, you know, we can't, you know, high tech 2020. So, uh, but yeah, no, I definitely like uh, Sutton over Sanders and, you know, he has the, he had the pedigree coming out too. So um, we'll see, hopefully he can, um, you know, hopefully he can be a number one receiver for me. Yeah, Adam, I'm definitely with you on Hamilton. As we look at the ADPs for all three of those Denver receivers currently over the last two weeks in FFPC basketball draft, Sutton is going at the 9.08. Emmanuel Sanders all the way down at the uh, 13.08 uh, in FFPC, excuse me, 13.06 in FFPC basketball. And then Deshaun Hamilton, probably the most attractive guy as far as value goes. He's going all the way down at the 15.08. And uh, num, 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 num on that. Give me that all day in the 15th round for Deshaun Hamilton, Dave. Exactly. I, mean, exactly. I don't really appreciate yeah. you saying that he's an attractive guy and I'm saying num, num, num. All right. You, you're right. I uh, stand corrected, and I apologize for anybody I offended. And, it's a little uh, uncomfortable. And right? kudos to anybody who appreciated that uh, <laughs> reference, as I'm sure uh, some of our listeners did as well. All right, so, uh, Adam, you are, of course, we're talking with Adam Krautwurst, a two-time FF, excuse me, FPC uh, lead champion. He is going to be drafting live on these airwaves coming up at the end of next month in the 2019 FFPC Pros versus Joes competition. We have moved on from the rookie draft into redraft. Now, I know, Adam, you play some dynasty as well on FFPC. One of the key things that I think uh, is so important as you move on from rookie draft into your redraft league is sort of taking the pills to assuage yourself of rookie fever. And that is something that is very important for all dynasty players. How do you do it? How do you make sure that when it comes to these football guys drafts and it comes to the main event that you're not overdrafting rookies after you, you know, you know scouted them heavily in the uh, pre-rookie draft process. Sure. Um, so apparently I, I, I don't uh, deal with rookie fever very well because I think I took like six rookies in this draft. So um, this is probably <laughs> the wrong uh, draft here to uh, – I think I took like Montgomery, Hardman, Benny Snell, Whiteside, Butler. But, um, yeah, generally you – know, this draft was done in May. But generally uh, by August, I kind of have a better, much better feeling for kind of where these – rookies are going 
um, or what their roles are in the respective offenses. Uh, I, I will say, though, that I, that I do think that, for the most part, rookie running backs can be undervalued, um, especially early in the preseason because, you know, like we, we talked about Montgomery, you know, uh, we don't know what his role is going to be. Sometimes you just have to go with the talent, and then next thing you know, they're, they're two or three or four than when you, than when you actually drafted them. Uh, so I think that, that, that can definitely help. But for, for, for the most part, I, I'm a much bigger redraft player than I am a dynasty player. So for, for the most part, I don't, I don't really have an issue with, with passing a receiver or passing on rookies, especially the receivers. I'm not a huge uh, rookie receiver guy. Uh, although I will say that Hardman was too, uh, I was very intrigued by Hardman, you know, with the, with the Tyreek Hill situation. So maybe, uh, you know, he might be, uh, uh, you know, a diamond in the rough there for me, or I might be cutting him by week three. So who knows? But, uh, but yeah, usually rookies aren't too high on my, on my radar. Hey, Adam, as long as you brought up Hardman, um, now that we know that the, the, the um, DA is not, they've dropped the criminal investigation into Tyreek Hill, and I wouldn't say he's in the clear, but certainly this is a better um, situation for his fantasy prospects than it was uh, a week ago. Are you extending any offers for Tyreek Hill in your dynasty leagues? Are you bumping them up your draft boards at all right now, or how are you handing Ty- Tyreek Hill when, when you're drafting? Yeah, I'm definitely uh, targeting him right now in redraft because I still uh, – yeah, I think he's probably low. What, what's his ADP right now, like the six, sixth round or so? Over the I last two weeks in, the in uh, FFPC best, best ball, sep- yeah, uh, 707 for, for FFPC. He's okay. gone as high as the, as the 310. He's got to be moving up. He's, he is for sure moving up. Yeah, I would definitely um, – those guys are probably loving life that took him in the seventh round. Now I think, you know, even you know if he's not going to be out that long, even if he's out, you know, four or five weeks in best ball, I think you can, you know, you can draft a guy like Hardman, or you could draft a guy like, um, you know, Williams there or Sammy Watkins, and uh, kind of fill fill in the gaps until he till he comes back. But um, yeah, I'm definitely targeting him in the fifth, sixth, seventh round for redraft right now, and I think he'll probably be moving up, maybe even a little bit higher. Dave, we're going to talk about McCoy, uh, LaShawn McCoy's ADP in a little bit, but I just want to bring this to the table. So this is over the last two weeks in the FFPC. The highest Tyreek Hill has gone, the 310, 34th overall. The lowest he's gone, the 1512, 180th overall. That is a span Holy of God. 126 picks. That, I mean, that's insane to me. That's, that, is not, that, that, is a, that is a deep, yawning chasm. <laughs> Speaking of deep, yawning chasm, there's been a deep, yawning chasm in the 2018 Pros versus Joes because the Joes dominated. Pros trying to get back on board. Adam is going to be participating in it this year. So, yeah, it was five leagues to one. Is that right? And the only pro to win is the dude who puts it all together, Darren Armani from FantasyMojo.com. He's actually a high Who actually we get this ADP from, FantasyMojo.com. Check it out. Get an account there, and uh, you can have access to all this. But, but yeah, he's, he's, he's basically the Joes went 6-0 last year. Yeah, seriously, he's not like 12-man drafts. He's like 10-man drafts. He has six Joes. And you know six clowns and four of them do are do pretty good and then two guys are just awful. Awesome. Right, they are called the pros. Yeah, so don't worry about <laughs> it. So anyway, congratulations. Are you, are you how are you prepping for this unique event? You're taking on four pros, kind of six, and then five other really good players over the course of 28 rounds. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely stoked for it. I'll probably just probably just prepare like any other best ball draft. You know, I'll probably just you know put put my research in. 
you know, other than finding out what pros I'm going against and finding out who they want to take and writing all those notes down and making sure that I know who they're going to take. <laughs> but um, other other than that, I uh, you know I'll just probably prepare like any any other one because um, FFPC honestly is so competitive already as it is. So it's not like um, you know there's a lot of Joes in in air quotes that are necessarily pros. So. Um, so yeah, I think just competing in the in the main event and competing in some of these high stakes leagues already prepares you for kind of playing against against the pros. Um, so yeah, I'd probably just prepare like I would for any other uh, any other draft, and you know, um, take for best ball, take take my running backs early and my receivers late, and just kind of uh, cross my fingers and hope to take down, especially the draft sharks guys. You know what I mean? So uh, those are the guys. If you guys could put me in with one of the draft sharks pros that would be fantastic because i would love to just, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, take it to, i'll take it to small you, uh, any, you, day, any day of the week yeah so so i was i was gonna ask you adam you you have to live in close proximity because you're in rochester right you got to be living pretty close to small and, and, and matt schauff and that's all those guys that's a small city what like eight thousand people in there or is it yeah, like a million like a li- <laughs> yeah it was like four thousand or something actually um i'm related <laughs> to lenny papano who's I'm related to Lenny Papano, who's the owner. So I've always got a little, uh, a little chip on my shoulder when I'm when I'm playing right. those guys. So, uh, All right, for not, sure. Now I have a question. So I know it's related, related to Lenny Papano. His last name is Papano. It's Italian. It's a vowel. Your last name is Krautwurst. If, if you're not German, I don't know who the hell named your last name. <laughs> so what's the what? How can you relate it? What's the story? <laughs> that's, that's that's a great question. No, so uh, my uh, my mother is his is his sister. So he's my direct right. uncle. So, but uh, wow, but yeah. So I actually, yeah, I actually grew up. Uh, so I've, I've grown up a draft sharks kind of uh, follower. Uh, so uh, that's awesome. Yeah, if I can get, if I can get in one of the one of those drafts and show him who's 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 the real fantasy football expert in the family, that'd be fantastic. And that would be good. That would be good. I'll email Armani. Yeah, we'll we'll try to figure that out. And, and, and no, see these aren't there's no hard and fast rules. So we can get. Nah, there. yeah, we we can. We're, there's certain degrees of manipulation that we can have. In, Not the tips or anything. No, with that we can't. But I'm just saying, as far as how these leagues are structured, actually not random, but somehow the odds, the pros are always the odds are the even. So I don't know how random that is either. No, that Darren sets yeah. that up that way. So so okay, I didn't know if you were kidding or not. Well, look, but they can't be totally truly random. If, if but it's not. Well, that's what I mean. So it is all manipulated. It, no, it's not all manipulated, but there's certain manipulation because he always he always has pro Joe, pro Joe, pro Joe, Joe, pro Joe, right. pro. You know, as far as the drafting goes. So that's interesting. So so Adam, you you basically it was all Italian sausage, spaghetti, and meatballs, and then you moved on to bratwurst and sauerkraut. <laughs> something like that. So something like that. Yeah. A lot of good, a lot of good food though. From, from I'm, the, I'm getting hungry, Bobby. Don't quit talking. The vino to the beer. I like it. I like it quite a bit. I also like these emails that we got in for you this week, Adam. The first one is from Colum- uh, Kevin in Columbus, Georgia. He writes, hey, Adam, the Bills' backfield has radically changed outside of LaShawn McCoy since last season. Do you have a favorite guy you're drafting between him, Singletary, Yeldon, or Gore? Thanks, dude. That is Kevin in Columbus, Georgia. Kevin, thank you for the email. Uh, well, it's. I mean, this is uh, this is your team. Uh, what what do you think about these uh, these Bills running backs this year? Do you have a favorite amongst them as as far as value goes? Oh uh, yeah yeah um, yeah. My favorite thing to do is not dress any of them. That's my that's, uh, that's my favorite thing to do. But um, yeah, I think I, I would be man. I'm being surprised if they end up with all four on the roster because I don't like 
Gore's not playing special teams. You know, McCoy's not playing special teams. I don't think Singletary's playing special teams. So um, I think usually if you carry four running backs, one of them, and I don't think Yeldon is either. Maybe Yeldon will, but um, usually when you keep four running backs, one of them's playing special teams. So we'll see. There's been some struggle Maybe, maybe Singletary. Sure. Yeah, it could be. You yeah. think Singletary could play? Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, there's, there's been some, you know, whispers here and there of whether they're going to trade LaShawn McCoy. I, I don't know who would really want him or what they would really get for him. But, um, you know, but Singletary is, they're saying is a poor man's LaShawn McCoy, super, super shifty, not not really fast. But um, if I had to if I had to take a running back, I would kind of take the, uh, the approach of take the cheapest guy uh, and then just hope that it works out. Um because I, I actually loved the Yeldon signing because I really think Yeldon had a nice year with the, with the Jags last year. He lost some weight, you know, when, um, when Fournette went down, he was, uh, he was a, you know, borderline RB one a couple weeks. Um, so I, I loved the Yeldon signing, but then when they drafted Devin Singletary, I was, I was kind of confused, but so yeah, right now I'm just avoiding it at, at all costs. But if I had to pick one, I would just take whoever the cheapest one was. Yeah, that's usually a safe bet, especially when you're talking about best ball or, you know, just trying to get a, a piece of that. But, you know, you know, Josh Allen leading that offense. I'm a fan. I know Dave's a fan of Josh Allen as, as well this year. So we'll be paying attention. Like the defense. The defense. Yeah, the, the defense is underrated. Yes, it totally is, uh, for sure. No question. Jeff in Detroit writes, how's it going, Adam? Uh, you don't have to answer that part. How do, how do, you, fall, how do you fall in on – how do you fall in on Todd Gurley and Daryl Henderson at their current ADPs, and what would be your plan of attack on handling those guys and football guys and main event drafts, knowing that Gurley is not playing in the preseason this year? And before you answer that question, I will give you the latest ADPs in FFPC best ball. Todd Gurley has actually risen up to the 205. Daryl Henderson is currently coming in at the 601. So they've actually both risen. Uh, Mid-second round for Gurley, early sixth round for Daryl Henderson. Adam, he is risen. He is risen indeed. How do you handle these uh, Rams running backs? Yeah, so um, actually one of the players that I was going to talk about to avoid tonight was was Todd Gurley. So uh, that's kind of how I feel about him, um, at least right now in you know in, in mid-June. So I would definitely Henderson in the, in the sixth round. I'm much more intrigued by Henderson. He's the guy I would take anyways because, like I said, I usually take – I'm not a, you know, a zero RB, you know, apologist. Like, I don't uh, do that exactly, but I usually like to take a running back in the first round and then take three or four receivers. So I would probably end up with a guy like Henderson in the sixth or seventh round, something like that. Um, yeah, the injury with Gurley scares the heck out of me, especially. You know, he just didn't look good in the, in, in the playoffs in the Super Bowl last year. Um you know, they're obviously – I don't think he's he's doing very well. They drafted – you know, they drafted a running back there, re-signed, I think, Malcolm Brown. So, uh, so yeah, I, I'm avoiding him, especially in the mid-second. There's so many you know, good players you, you can get uh, in the mid-second. You know, um, you know James Conner, Juju, you know, you, you name it. Nick Chubb, George Kittle. So, um, so yeah, I'm definitely avoiding Gurley. And I would uh, – so, at, the, at those prices, I would, def, I would, I would lead Ham Henderson for sure. That's the way I'm looking at it too, Dave. I like Daryl Henderson more than Gurley this year. Um, the other thing with Gurley is like you're sort of married to Henderson, so you're married to a fifth round pick in Daryl Henderson if you draft Gurley lucky. this year. If you're lucky, I mean, oh, fifth round. Yeah, but I'm saying if you draft Gurley and you let's say you draft him at the I don't know two o two o eight. Okay. Like 
now you have to wait for the 505 pick and, and hope Henderson makes it. But he doesn't make it there all the time. A lot yeah, of times. Yeah, he actually, the earliest, um, I, I just had this up here, the earliest that Daryl Henderson has gone in the last two weeks is the 401. Yeah, he's so people, people, yeah. People don't, they, if, they, if someone like, if someone just totally doesn't believe in Gurley, anyone, it just takes one team out yeah. of 12 to just make that pick wherever they are, the fourth round or the early fifth. Anyway, that's obviously serious. This is worse than the, you remember the Arian Foster, Ben Tate from, what was that, six, seven years ago? It's or, more similar to the Perry Holmes and uh, what's Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson. Yeah. That's more similar to that. Because that's when Larry Johnson was going the fourth. Or, like, fourth right. Or yeah. Yeah, good point. What? All right, anyway. So, well, actually kind of reminds question, you, go, go ahead, Adam. Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, it actually kind of reminds me last year. So, in my other main event, um, I, I was picking, or actually the same main event. I took David Johnson at three overall. Got to me in the late second, and Le'Veon Bell was there. So we ended up taking Le'Veon Bell, knowing that the suspension or him holding out, sorry, uh, was going to be an issue. And we ended up taking James Conner in, like, in, in, in the late fourth. And it ended up working out for us. I think we came in second place in our league, but it's so high to have to take. And I think um, we took Conner higher than any other, because I, um, I actually facilitate drafts out there. So I've, I saw, you know, a ton of drafts, and I never saw Connor go any higher than we than we took him. In fact, when I when I took James Connor uh, in the late fourth, everybody kind of laughed, and then the facilitator, like a minute later, was like, "Hey, you have ten seconds left." I'm like, "I took James Connor." He's like, "Oh, you were you were serious?" I'm like, "Yeah, I was." I was serious. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so so yeah, it kind of reminds me of that. You know, you could take Gurley, and then you got to take Henderson, but you know what? Sometimes it's worth it. Sometimes you get a top, you know, five back out of, out of the deal. Yeah, the one the one thing I noticed last year about that maybe on Bell O'Connor thing is how many main event drafts. I mean, I was looking at a lot of these draft boards, and how many Bell owners didn't didn't get that. Yeah, no, I mean, it was just I was like, wow, this. And sometimes, like you were saying, you know, you said you took them early. Sometimes kind of go like in the sixth round. So, yeah. You know, you look kind of late. I'm like, dude, why don't these people cover that? Why didn't they do that? I mean, yeah. anyway. That was kind of shocking to me, and that, that's interesting. Though. I, I do know that I noticed that as the weekend started, um, Connor was still going kind of low, but then, you know, you're seeing all it takes is one person, and then it's like, oh, man, they're taking him here. I guess I can it – was, it was one or two things. Like, if he's taking him in the seventh, I could feel good about taking him in the fifth, or if that guy took him in the seventh, man, I might have to take him in the fourth. Right. And, and I remember there was buzz going around for people who were out in Vegas drafting live – and also drafting online, there's a few online main events where Connor had been going all the way up into the late second at, at, yeah, at that wow. point. And then, and then the whole thing was like, wow. okay, FFPC is completely bananas this year. <laughs> now you, you really have to get your guys. Now it didn't really hit the live events as bad, but you, to your point, I mean, Adam, you took him in the fourth round, and this is why you got to use ADP as a guide. You don't use it as a hard and fast rule. And, and I think, you know, getting him in the fourth round – Certainly seemed like uh, a bit of a reach at the time, but as we look back on it now, it was a complete steal. You have been very gracious with your time. Dave has one more question for you, Adam. Well, Aaron, I think you might have given us who you're staying away from the early rounds and Todd Gurley. But let's hear a sweeper you've been targeting, you've been targeting in the mid to late rounds, and what you really think the, uh, Eric and I should take on our feet. Yes, yeah, so um, so guys that I like in the late later rounds. Um, so for 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 best ball, I'm um, I'm kind of all over the Bills receiving core. So I usually I take um, I know this is shocker because I'm a Bills fan, but usually um, I take uh, running backs early, and then I like to target rec- entire receiving cores for super cheap in in best ball. 
know, for, for best ball, I, I can get, you know, Robert, Robert Foster and John Brown in the, you know, 12th, 13th, 14th round. You know, those guys are both big play guys. Uh, I love, I love kind of Josh Allen kind of add, add to that staff as well. You can stack Allen with those two receivers or even you can get every receiver if you want, but I, you know, I don't think you need that many, but you get John Brown and Robert Foster, um, and I think you, you you get the wide receiver two every week between one of those guys is going to have a big big play. So in best ball, I like those guys. And then to redraft, right now I'm leaning towards uh, I'm sorry not redraft but regular lineup setting. I'm leaning towards um, Geronimo Allison right now. Um, I think and, and that might change as the preseason pr- progresses to Valdez Scantling. But I feel like the number two receiver in Green Bay is gonna is gonna have a really good year this year. Uh, I'm a I'm a big Geronimo Allison fan. You know he's six six three working out of the slot. I think he's flashed when he's been healthy, and I think Rodgers really likes him. Um, I I don't think Rodgers likes Valdez Scantling. You guys can probably tell me more on that, but um, I, I know Valdez Scantling has been really well this this preseason so far. But I've also heard that Rodgers can't even stand the sight of him. So uh, so I think whoever <laughs> wide receiver two ends up being there, I think because I think we're. Right now, you can get Allison in like the you know twelfth round or so, or something like that. Ten, nine, between nine and twelve, and same with Valdez Scantling. All right, so Adam, I will tell you what what uh, what I've been telling people on the airwaves on the show with Leo and Balky, which you can hear at ninety five three and uh, AM fifteen seventy to score here in Appleton, Wisconsin. Also go on the scorewi.com <laughs> for my afternoon talk show where I talk a lot of Packers. Um, so this. The two, the two Packers receivers, or excuse me, the three Packers receivers, I'm for sure avoiding. There's no way I'm drafting them this year. Jamon Moore, Equinemia St. Brown, and Trevor Davis. No question I'm staying away from them. I'm targeting heavily Devontae Adams if I have a late first-round pick, no doubt. The two other guys that uh, Aaron Rodgers has been talking up has been, or excuse me, have been Marcus Valdez-Scantling and um, uh, Jay Kumaro, who has made a lot of plays. In fact, Rodgers had to almost be cut off in an interview, uh, I think yesterday, just waxing poetic on, on how much he loves Kumro, going into detail about the way he catches the ball, uh, his footwork, the way he runs routes. He says he's a big fan of his, and I think there's any question about that. I don't know how many snaps Kumro is going to get on the field um, over guys like Adams and, and MBS and Allison. MBS, to me, is clearly a guy who is going to be the number two, receive, number two outside receiver on this team. Um, his, his game is predicated on a LeFleur-type offense, which, so he should flourish and make a big step forward this year. This is my personal opinion. It's not a popular one. Geronimo Allison is probably going to be playing the slot quite a bit for Green Bay this year, and the slot position in this LeFleur offense yields a lot of catches, and I know Rodgers may not praise Allison the way he praises Adams and Kumro and MBS, but I know he trusts him. He's gone to him a lot of times before. Uh, I've drafted Allison in a couple of spots this year pretty late, and I can tell you as far as uh, ADP goes, again, this is over the last two weeks, so this is going to change. But Geronimo Allison, like you said, Adam, 12.06, so right smack dab in the mid-12th uh, round, and Scantling uh, currently um, – I don't know where he's going because my window just died. Hang on one second. I can tell you that he is going uh, at the 16.03. So in best ball, if you wanted both of them, that's certainly a good way to spend a 12th and a 16th round pick. But that is the way I assess him this year. I'm all over Adams. I'm on Allison and Valdez Scantling late. I'm avoiding everybody else. With the news though of Scantling, he's going to go. He's got to move up like four rounds probably. 
Ah, uh, that's he's the, he's the number two receiver for Green Bay. Give me on the outside though. I think that Allison is going to get a lot of targets in the slot. Just, I mean, people are your number two receiver. They move them up. Okay, fair that's enough. You could no. That, that that's that's actually a, a, a solid a solid take on that. And um, I, I think four rounds is a bit aggressive, but I certainly would not be surprised uh, at that uh, at all. I was I don't know, I wasn't even surprised at the amount of insight and entertainment that that Adam Krautwurst brought on the show tonight. I really appreciate you <laughs> popping on. Good luck in all your leagues this year, especially in pros versus Joes, as the Joes uh, try to um, extend their dominance for another year. I have no doubt that you will be a force to be reckoned with. When we broadcast your show live on these airwaves, Adam, feel free to give us a call, maybe make a pick on the air. We always appreciate that, and we definitely appreciated you coming on tonight, man. Sounds great, guys. Thanks, uh, thanks so much for having me. Adam Krautwurst, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully he'll be participating in the Pros versus Joes directly against Jared Smoller or Matt Schell or the like. Why doesn't Lenny Papano get in the Pros versus Joes? Is he, is he too corporate now? He's too big time. Oh, he's too big time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He is the godfather, so yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. He's too like us. <laughs> he has uh, Fredo uh, drafted yeah. instead of him. Yeah, he, you know, he doesn't want to directly communicate any of his selections you know, to the public. You have to have a line, you know, the way that these godfathers do it, they have a line of communication so that the cops can't figure it out. Never go against the family, Dave, and we're certainly not going to do that tonight. I want to Never on your friends and always keep your mouth shut. Yeah, and I'm a good ball. By the way, he's, he's saying the same exact thing, but that is what the See what I'm doing right now? The listeners can't see this. I'm leaving the gun, <laughs> and I am taking the cannoli right now. Thanks to Football Guys, Little World, and Rob for tonight's rundown. ESPN's Rich Simony notes that Chris Herndon is, quote, facing the likelihood of a two-game suspension. Back in January, Chris Herndon pled guilty to a DWI after he crashed into another vehicle in June. Uh, no official word yet, but it sounds like Herndon will be facing a suspension of the short variety of this upcoming season. Uh, he caught 39 catches for 502 yards and four touchdowns as a rookie last year. Dave, I don't think that this is affecting uh, this, this potential suspension as far as football guys draft or as far as uh, FFPC best ball goes. I don't think it's really affecting the way that I'm uh, drafting Chris Herndon this year. Uh, currently, he is a eighth-round eighth pick going at the end of the eighth round behind um, Austin, excuse me, uh, Vance McDonald, Austin Hooper, and Trey Burton. And then he's going directly in front of Delaney Walker, Kyle Rudolph, and Dallas Goddard. And what was the question exactly? The question was, well, I guess this is a statement, and I'm asking you if you agree or disagree. Oh, okay. Herndon, this suspension not affecting the way I'm drafting him. Yeah, two games is very little. I agree with you. I, I don't know if it's going to be two, but yeah. you're looking. Yeah, I, I like Herndon. I, I, we like Herndon. I knew last year we liked Herndon this offseason. We like him this year. I like him a lot. Robbie Anderson's still hurt, by the way, too. So that, I think it was a groin. I'll have to look that up. But I know that yeah, he has not – he has not been practicing yet. I'm going to get verification on that injury. I know it was not a um, it was not an upper body injury. It was a lower body injury for Robbie Anderson, and he has not been participating in uh, OTAs or the mini camp. Uh, oh, is it undisclosed? I, I don't know why I thought it was a groin. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, whatever. A week ago, he said he wanted to be an elite top five wide receiver. One week later, you're saying undisclosed. I don't know. It's been a long, long time. Well, if it was August, I'd be a little bit worried, but I'm not too worried about it. As our good friend Farrell Elliott from the KFFSC says, 
You know what the best ability is in the NFL? Availability. And that is something that Robbie Anderson has to take advantage of. You know, I like both Furman and Mark Andrews as second-year breakout tight end candidates. I think they're both really good picks. Uh, Because you take them at kind of what they did last year, maybe a tad earlier, but you have the upside. You have bona fide upside of being a top top six, top seven tight end. And to be a top seven tight end, it's not that hard. Right. Because most of them suck after the top three. They're really true. Kyle Rudolph last year, like seven or eight. And I looked at his stats last year, and he had all these like seven-point games. I'm like, God, this guy was a top ten tight end. It was pathetic. It was really He had a few blow-up games. That's, that's yeah, I think week 16, I was at 33 points. Yeah. Like he had a couple of games where he caught like eight passes for 90 yards and two touchdowns, so that always helps. Uh, Mark Andrews, to your point, I think uh, has been flying up draft boards right now. He's been getting talked up a lot. Yes. He, uh, Jordan, Jordan Reed, Noah Fant, Greg Olson, Jimmy Graham going directly in front of him in the late 11th and 12th round. Mark Andrews, sort of like the last, of a of a tier because after he goes in the mid 12th the next tight end uh, on average is not drafted until the mid 14th and that's Mike Gesicki and then you're looking it's at the old triple the, the three old guys uh go ahead Whitman yep Graham uh Graham goes before him and Eifert Eifert 1410 yeah uh Graham is going at the 1203 Mark Andrews 1206 you'd rather have Andrews than Graham yeah I would actually all right Let's move on and talk about Leonard Fournette, Dave. Uh, he expects to be a, quote, a big part of the Jaguars' passing game in 2019, according to Michael DeRocco on Twitter. Nick Foles says he expects the same thing. Here's the quote. That's a threat. If you ask any defender when a running back can go out of the backfield and not only run the ball and protect, but he can receive, that's really tough on a defense. Well, this is like a third-grade uh, third grade coach here. After he's, well, he's a player. He uh, joked after yesterday's practice, Fournette did, that he had 1,000 receiving yards during minicamp this year. Uh, Fournette, 58 catches through 21 NFL games, so he's not nothing as a receiver. He's something, just not great. No Yeldon. But, yeah, no Yeldon. And uh, Rykel Armstead is probably his immediate backup. The backup after that is Alfred Blue. Okay, go ahead. I would would think that Alfred Blue is better and is definitely the backup, and probably will be the backup throughout the season, in my opinion. Fair enough. In spite of the arms that fight. Okay. Go ahead. So, I, I guess my point was the two guys behind him, whichever way you want to put in, neither one of them is an elite pass catcher, or even a good pass catcher. And, or an elite player. Or an elite player, yeah. I mean, Alfred Blue is a competent pro. He's I competent, he's, right? yes. He did fine behind Lamar Miller, and actually, whenever Lamar Miller was out, he'd be, he'd be all right. Right. Um, okay, so you look at this. If the Jaguars are going to, we're going to get to more Jaguars coming up later in the show. But if the oh, Jag, thank God. if the Jaguars <laughs> are going to be um, passing the ball to uh, anybody out of the backfield, it's probably Fournette this year. Probably. Now, if you look at his ADP right now, Dave, and, and I don't, I know this is a guy that I've never been a, a huge fan of as as far as uh, yeah, you're trying to sell him to me until I make a trade offer, and then you keep him. No, that's not necessarily true. Uh, he's going at the 304. Now, you look at that, and the fact that he's going right after Chubb, Damian Williams, and Marlon Mack, and ahead of Aaron Jones, Derrick Henry, and Kerryon Johnson, that seems like it's sort of more intriguing now, and maybe not with Kerryon Johnson, but it seems a little bit more intriguing if he is going to be catching more passes than Jacksonville this year. When you look at the Jaguars, I, I think that the whole team overall is still pretty under, undervalued, and it's because they've been so bad for a while. They've been, you, know, they've, you still have the Blake Portals. You're in the Blake Portals discount. And people aren't realizing, I mean, granted, Foles, there's a chance he might not be great. But he should be better than Portis. 
Exactly. So Foles, even in, in his own right, is being drafted as like QB 28 or so, thereabouts. So, you know, no one's giving Foles any respect. No one's giving Fournette any respect. Uh, the Jaguars' defense is pretty elite. So, I mean, if they're in these, these games where their defense is playing well, they could get some short fields off turnovers. And Fournette, is a, he, he's a legitimately excellent prospect coming into the NFL. Oh uh, yeah, I could I can definitely see the argument for drafting Fournette as this elite player, a player who's being drafted I think like tenth or eleventh last year or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So now you're getting you know a sixteen pick discount or somewhere in that neighborhood. Now that makes some sense, especially if you have a receiver receiver early and you take Fournette to anchor your backfield. Not bad. Nick Foles going at the fourteen oh three to your point. Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford, Andy Dalton going right in front of him. Right behind him is Marcus Mariota, and uh, he's going off the board as QB twenty seven. That's close. One up. I think it's a QB 21. That's a 28. All right, fair enough. I was way off. All right, so let's move on and talk about Cleveland. Mike Silver from the NFL Network has reported the transition to the new offensive coordinator, Todd Monken, quote, has not gone as smoothly as planned. Here's the report from Mike Silver. Your name is one letter away from monkey. Is Monken? It's not going to be good. No comment. Quote, resulted in Coach Freddie Kitchens playing a greater role in spearheading the offense than originally intended. Todd Monken, if you're... Excuse me, if you remember, he was demoted in season from Tampa Bay despite the offense putting a lot of yards on the board. That's funny. Uh, Freddie Kitchens was the OC last year. He's now the head coach. And he, I think Jarvis Landry, actually when somebody asked, a uh, reporter asked Jarvis Landry about this Baker Mayfield-Duke uh, Johnson situation, he said, oh, it's, it's not news, it's not a thing or whatever. He also kind of downplayed the Monken thing. He's like, look, this is a complicated offense. Some guys, everybody learns a different way. It's going to take time to, to install this. Uh, Coach Kitchens has stepped in where he's needed to, and he's kind of praised both of these guys. Maybe he's throwing the, uh, the person. Go ahead. Is he throwing the, the wheel, Joe? Yeah. Is he throwing the blank sink at him? No. The, the, the kitchen, kitchen sink? sink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> got, to, got to wrap up the show. Um, okay, so. The fact that we know this now, are you downgrading any of the Cleveland players even a little bit with, with this news coming out that, that the offense is, has not taken the way they expected it to? No, I mean, more of it's, it's more talking about the coach than, than Mayfield or Landry or Beckham or Njoku or anybody like that or Chubb. I don't think – I mean, maybe there's so some – So from a fantasy standpoint, it's not really – some growing pains for the team, but I mean, like, you know – they're going to be a 10 or 11 winning team, probably. Right. Like they're over under for season long wins with nine, nine and a half, something like that. So you're sort of ignoring this piece of news if you're drafting Browns. Yeah, I don't care. It is what it is. Okay. Right. All right, fair I'm enough. I'm actually kind of with you on that. I, 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 don't, I don't think I can fairly downgrade any of these guys based on that. All right, let's move on to Pittsburgh. James Conner, in 2018, had more than 62% of the Pittsburgh carries and 64% of all the targets given to running backs last season. James Conner, under the impression that his numbers are actually going to come down in 2019 based upon what's happened in OTAs and minicamp, especially uh, given what he's seen from Jalen Samuels and the rookie out of Kentucky, Benny Smell. Quote, I think it'll be spread out pretty evenly. I've seen Snell's college tape. He's also learned the offense really quick. I know he'll be ready to play this year. Jalen, obviously, is going to make a lot of plays, too. That is from the Pittsburgh Time Review's Jonathan Bumbulli's uh, report. Apologize if I'm butchering. Well, we used to know one thing about James Conner. Now we know he's a beta male. Oh, because he's, he's just like, oh, these yeah. other guys are so yeah, great. He's seeding playing time to somebody else. Adrian Peterson saying I watched 2,000 yards. Seeding the court is like, hey, I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the feature back in this team. I don't care who they bring in. You know, what? So who does that? I actually 
Now, this actually gives me pause about drafting James Conner. Okay. Start the second round. Can I play a quick Would You Rather with James Conner? Well, let me, right, let me calm down. Let me get the, All right, wash um, it off. Um, let me get the emotions out. Okay. All right, sir. James Conner or Melvin Gordon? Gordon. I agree. James Conner or Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, we have, I think we have this. You know, I'm probably going to flip and flop in here. That's fine. We're, we're, if this is in real time, man. Uh, I'm going to take... Um, I'm going to take Le'Veon Bell now. I mean, I am going to adjust him in this game. All right. I, I think I was taking him before, but I'm with you on this one. James Conner or Joe Mixon? Mixon. You know, all, all the hype guys, all the, you know, a lot of guys on the score are loving Mixon, so I'm going to, I'm going to go along. Yeah, the Mixon is on the all-hype team this year. James Conner or Todd Gurley? Conner. I agree. James Conner or Dalvin Cook? Uh, Cook. I agree. James Conner or Nick Chubb? Um... Yeah, uh, not easy. Yeah, I'm just worried about a lot of stuff with Chubb. Uh, Chubb. Yeah, he doesn't catch passes, Dave. He catches some. He'll catch some. James Conner's going to catch more. <laughs> <laughs> Oral Jalen Sanders catch more. <laughs> um, it's pretty close to me. I don't know. That's a good question. All right, so if it comes my, if my, it comes down to it, I'm probably taking Conner. But if you ask me tomorrow, I might say Chubb. Yeah, I probably won't. Close. Probably won't. I'll probably say Conner. All right, James, uh, James Conner or Damian Williams? Uh, I agree, and the final one, I think I know which way you're leaning, James. Four Connor. I was good. Well, I'll do. Okay, we'll, we'll do four net. That's fine. That's fine. Connor four net. I'll take Connor. I agree. James. Oh, no, that, that's actually pretty close. Cool. Because okay. Connor's catching less passes, and four catching more. Yeah, I mean, four net. I, I, I used to feel like four net is undervalued. James Connor or Marlon Mack. I got to. Oh man, I'll take Connor. For right? me, it's Connor. I, but I really think there's a decent chance. I mean, we have a 45% chance Mac up for them. I think Mac's a good pick, too. Yeah, he's to turn There's some, some good backs. Matt, Matt Kelly, Roto, Roto Underworld. Big, big Marlon Mack pick. Yeah, I mean, Marlon Mack, like we were saying last when week, I, when, I, when I was on the Player Profiler uh, Fantasy Underground podcast, uh, where we came up with the Marlon uh, Mack, uh, he, he, would, he would blow a harmonica. <laughs> so we called it the Harma, Harma, or the Marlonica, um, and, and so it was fun. It was a fun podcast. So that's uh, funnier than the kitchen sink thing. Ah, uh, not by much. I, I think you really you really hit home the radio joke there, my friend. Yeah, that's the radio joke. Let's pound out a couple of uh, running backs. Dave, we had a celebrity emailer last week. Red from say Watanael, Mexico, uh, emailed us. Oh, nice. I think we have another one this week. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Apparently, our, our numbers are up. Everybody's uh, downloading. So um, you, you can kind of guess who this is from. I'm going to read the email. Dear new FBI guys, just when I think that everything is all set in the backfield in Chicago, the Bears go ahead and sink a high draft pick into David Montgomery. Is he just a fly in the ointment, the monkey in the wrench? <laughs> I don't know what to do with him. Help me, guys. Does it sound like I'm ordering a pizza? <laughs> His coach was praising his route running this week, so I guess it's welcome to the party, pal, for Montgomery. <laughs> or am I wrong? I don't know. Now I know what a TV dinner feels like. Anyway, guys, come out to the coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs. Yippee Kaye, mother effers. That's John. John in, in, uh, he says he's in Los Angeles by, by way of New York. So let's uh, help right. out. Well, yeah, let's help out McLean here <laughs> and uh, figure this out. For uh, David Montgomery, because this is another guy. What was the actual question? Well, he, he, wants, he doesn't know how to assess David Montgomery. You know, Matt Nagy came up this week and praised David Montgomery's route running, and obviously that's going to be important in the Bears' offense. Um, so you look at David Montgomery, he looks like a three down back to me, Dave, and I think I'm downgrading um, 
of Mike Davis and Tariq Cohen, and I'm kind of upgrading David Montgomery. You want to guess his ADP right now? Over the last two weeks, it's going to go up. By the way. Right on the nuts. Did you look at it? No, we talked about it earlier on the show, you dipshit. All right, so 508. <laughs> so I just... Listen, man. Oh, uh, yeah. I am the monkey in the restaurant. Maybe microphone. we can talk about different players. All I do is, is talk. I don't really listen. All right, so Montgomery at the 508. He's, he's obviously going to go up. Your thoughts on, on Montgomery going forward? you got to like him. Yeah, you know, I wasn't really, I wasn't really a huge fan from dynasty purposes. I honestly still am not. I don't think he's a great elite talent. Having said that, the team likes him. They got rid of Jordan Howard. Mike Davis is kind of, I think Mike Davis is all right, but I do think he's kind of just a guy type player. Yeah. Maybe a little bit better than Alfred Blue, but I'm at kind of same. I, I should have pointed this out. You were right. It was a two-year, $6 million contract for Mike Williams. I or for I, Mike Davis. I think I looked that up recently. Oh, well, whatever. But you Um. So in, in Cohen, I, I do think for sure one thing is I'm probably not drafting three Cohen. So I think he's being drafted on the answer to that. I would I I would look at him, but I don't, I don't know how often I'd get him. I mean I would I may get him in a few spots. Tariq Cohen at the 502 in drafts right now. I would definitely be taking Montgomery over Tariq Cohen. I agree with that. I do agree with that. And I think that I expect that this to switch in the FFPC. Steve in White Plains, New York. What's up, Barry and Billy? Did Carryon Johnson just take himself out of the run? Oh, uh, Barry and Billy. Lions running back. Did Carryon Johnson just take himself out? Just figure that out. Did he just take himself out of the running for the 2019 HSFFR Ascendant? And did Theo Riddick just take himself out of the running to be drafted at all this season? Oh, yeah. Steve in White Plains, New York. Steve, I missed the memo. Detroit Free Press's Dave Burkett reported this week that Carryon Johnson could catch as many as 60 balls for Detroit this year. And he's also unconvinced that Theo Riddick even makes this roster. Oh, that's interesting. Very interesting, and um, I'm going to tell you this right now, Dave. Kerryon Johnson played in only 10 games for the Lions last year. Guess how many passes he caught? Uh, 32. 32 on the nuts. Did, oh, talk, really? did we talk about him earlier no. on the show? It was 32. <laughs> that, that was actually, you are dialed in, my that's friend. That's what he does as well. So, that's like a, that, what is that, like a 45-catch pace? For 16? 3.2 times. Probably more than 45, right? Yeah, so 48 plus 3, so 51 point something. So catching 60 over 16, that's that's not all that crazy. Yeah. When you watch Kieran Johnson play, he looks like a player that can catch passes. He proved he could. Yeah. And this is when he was kind of, you know, sort of splitting time, you know, they rotate him in and out. He's he's a damn good running back. He really is a good running back. I wasn't, as a rookie, I got him in one dynasty league, and I wasn't super psyched about it. Right. He was a loving back. I'm happy I own him. I still own him in that league. I mean, he's a really good back. Kerryon Johnson at the 311 in drafts. He is going 311. 311 in drafts. He's going to go higher than that. Right now he's going behind Fournette, Aaron Jones, Derrick Henry, right in front of Devontae Freeman, Josh Jacobs, and Sony Michelle. So I like Kerryon Johnson. Well, I feel like, I really feel like that's the demarcation line right there. Is everyone after that you just mentioned after I don't like really that much, and everyone before him or beforehand I like quite a bit. Like, yeah. Like Marlon Mack, Aaron well, Jones, Fournette, right. Henry. Uh, Tyrion Johnson, I like all those guys. And then, like, Josh Jacobs, not a big enough fan. Sonny Michelle, not a big enough fan. Uh, who's the other? Uh, Devontae Freeman. Freeman, yeah. yeah Freeman, like Freeman, Jacobs, and Michelle. I like Freeman. But no, I like Eo Smith out of that. If I'm taking a Falcons, take, I'm taking take Eo as, yeah. as a new Kevin uh, Holmes. Eo Smith going at the 1109 in uh, pass right now. No, 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 no. But, okay, there you go. Get the dumb down for Dave. Um, the, uh, it continues down the road because if you look at those running backs that go after Michelle, Philip Lindsay, no thanks. Mark Ingram, uh-uh. Kenyon Drake, uh, Terry Cohen. Like Drake. Oh, why don't, okay, so talk about Drake a little bit. Uh, okay, 
Adam Gates, the shittiest coach in the universe. I thought that was going to be the first thing you're going to bring up. He's no longer there, so that's fair. Then you figure he held him back. He did hold him back. I mean, he, Drake was actually really good. All, remember, we owned Drake in a few spots. At least I think I did when it be far too. And Gore would go out and get a few plays, and then Drake would go in and bust out a 35-yard touchdown. And then he'd, he'd go out. He wouldn't okay. play our senior. I just feel like I don't think that Drake's like a superstar. Um, is it safe to say you love the Drake? I like the Drake a lot. I yeah. think, I think it's a, at the spot you're taking, I think he's pretty darn good. I think he's a solid back. I don't think the new coaching staff is as dumb as Gates. Gates moved on. And maybe that's why I should still take Connor over Lady Ann Bell to Gates and stuff. But, you know, I, I, I think Drake is a solid back. I think he's a darn good pass catcher. Look, I think he was RB like 14, 15, 16 last year in limited action yeah. on a bad team. Here's, pretty here's the only question that matters. If Kenyon Drake got married or engaged, would you buy him a big screen TV? That's the big question. I think that's too much to spend on someone who's not even close to him. So you don't love the Drake? You no. like the Drake? I hate the, I hate the Drake if I have to buy him. Ah, all right, fair enough. Um, all right, let's move on. Nick in Wayne, New Jersey. Is it crazy to think that Chris Conley could be a top 50 receiver this year in Jacksonville? These aren't your father's Jaguars. Thanks for all you do. That's Nick in Wayne, New Jersey. They have Chris Conley making waves in minicamp. In fact, some of the Jaguars beat reporters have said he looks like the best receiver in Jaguars minicamp. It doesn't sound like Marquise Lee is going to be ready anytime soon as he's still um, rehabilitating from that awful knee injury. Dante Moncrief is gone. You have guys like Keelan Cole and D.B. Westbrook there. But Chris Conley was a guy that had elite metrics coming out of the draft. Um, couldn't cut it in Kansas City, so I guess that's a red flag. But, uh, you know, it's Nick Foles. It's not Blake Bortles. Your thoughts on Chris Conley as a top 50 receiver this year? Oh, you know, it's, it's, I feel like someone has to do something there, right? Like someone has to. <laughs> you didn't mention D.J. Charles who was a second-round pick last year, didn't do a whole heck of a right. lot. But he was a good athlete. DJ, shark, 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 He had a high speed on score, actually. Yes, he did. So he They're high, going after the athletes now. He had a high speed on score. Yeah, exactly. I, think, I, I always thought the Jaguars were kind of a metrics-based side of team. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I think the county, it's possible. He really didn't do, like you said, he didn't do I, I like Conley as a, you know, I thought he was a solid pick for the Chiefs. He right. shouldn't do anything. Yep. It is possible for Conley to have a late, you know, late stage breakout. Is this his fourth year or fifth? I believe it is his fourth. I could be wrong on that, but yeah. I, I don't think it's his fifth. I'm pretty sure it's his third or fourth. Um, okay. Yeah, so, so this, is, uh, this will be his fourth year. So, and, and he's a free agent. I think that a fourth year breakout is possible when you're on a new team like that. So I think it is possible. And he's going to get the opportunity. He's going in the 27th round of FFPC best ball, so he's basically free. He is basically free. 6-2-2-13, super fast. And, you know, maybe it's possible to light turn out. I mean, I, I, don't mind, I wouldn't mind taking Chark super cheap, too. Right. Conley and Chark, why not give him a shot? Yeah, and it's easy to afford given that uh, T, uh, DJ Chark, do-do-do-do-do-do, is going at the 2607. So you go back to back 26 in the 27th round. Or, you know, 23rd, 24th, whatever you want to do. One of those guys. He's going to have 300 yards. They could both have 300 yards. <laughs> uh, let's get to our final email of the night. It's from Mike in Deerfield Beach, Florida. I'm curious if you guys think that the ADPs for both Damian Williams and Carlos Hyde are going to get closer to each other as we move through the middle of the summer coming up. Please read this on air. Well, we did, Mike. That is Mike in Deerfield Beach, Florida. Okay, so Damian Williams' ADP obviously got the bump after the, the Eric Bien- 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 uh 
you know, campaigning form. What do they call it? The endorsement when it, like another candidate endorses somebody else. Yeah, Eric the Enemy went out and endorsed Damian Williams. He's going at the 302 in drafts right now. Carlos Hyde obviously not going that high. 1012. Uh, now, if I had to pick one be- between the two, I'm probably more likely to take Hyde than Williams. Although I, I don't think either one of them is an overdraft at their current spots. I do think that ADP tightens up between the two of them, though. I don't agree with you. Okay. Tell me why you don't agree with me and you are not allowed to say that Andy Reid primarily only uses one back because I know that that's true. Okay. I mean, that's, that's fine. I just feel like Damian Williams has been, has been listed as a starter. He was really good last year. And that he will keep the job and he's going to be the feature back on the team. And I don't think Carlos Hyde will have much chance to take that role. Are you, are you concerned – are you, are you concerned at all with um, the size of uh, Damian Williams holding up for heavy heavy workload for a 16-game season plus playoffs? Uh, so, no. no. The correct answer. Not really. I just gauged it by your face. I mean, I mean, he's got to be fine, Bob. Well, you know, people say, oh, he hasn't, he's never carried the load you know, for 16 games. It's like, well, he's not even a damn starter for 16 games. It's not his fault. Right. But, you know, maybe it is his fault, but he wasn't. I mean... I don't think people are saying that he's never been. I think people are saying, I don't know if he can be. How, how small is he? Weigh 190 pounds? No. He's not a little, not a little shrimp. Hold well, on. Let's look it up. What, what website would you like me to? You know, probably what? Let's just trust Google here. Google? Yeah. We're going to get on the Google machine here and uh, look at Damian Williams' uh, weight, which I don't think is going to be all that impressive. 5'11", 212, according to... 212, yeah, that's what I got to, yeah. 5'11", 212. Okay, so that's not terrible. Hold on, hang on. Okay? Yes, that's what I got to. <laughs> plays, plays really good. Social numbers. You know what I like on... When, sorry, I Googled Damian Williams weight Google. I don't know why I Googled Google Google, <laughs> but I did. And it also says people also search for, and then it listed all these other running backs, and then it also gave their weights. Like, <laughs> right, yeah, Kerwin Williams, 198 pounds. <laughs> Kenyon Drake, you want to guess how much he weighs? Ah, uh, Kenyon Drake, ah, uh, 210. 212. Last, last one, Spencer Ware. Oh, same neighborhood, 214. 227. Oh, wow. He's what a good. fat ass. Yeah. He's at the Eddie Lacy, former Q7. <laughs> All right, let's not go that far. <laughs> Eddie Lacy has more talent than his pinky finger. All right, that's going to do it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. That was actually pretty fun. That final uh, Eddie Lacy. Thank you very much. Uh, Thanks to Adam Krautwurst, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you for tuning in and listening. Now, Dave will not be on next week, but I will be back next Friday at 10, 9 Central with a special guest co-host. Check out those maiden dynasties. Check out all the 2019 best ball leagues at myffpc.com. Remember, that Football Guys Players Championship early bird expires in 16 days. Get in on that. Father's Day promo midnight on uh, that Pacific time on Sunday night is the last chance you can take advantage of that. Details at myffp.com. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, get in on uh, all those early birds and get in on that midnight draft. There are four teams left. Your weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on the team explore, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to explain where the time went. Well, other rappers find a studio to grind in. What chat were you talking about where everybody's going to be drunk? <laughs>
Well, on the FTC chat. Oh, on the, on the actual, not in the league chat. No, the actual, just the regular registration. Everyone does <laughs> They're uh, going to be a drunk donkey. I guarantee that everyone will be drunk and be a drunk donkey. I'm just looking. Average Joe, that's Jerry Roach. Right, right. Yeah. Meyer with Colson. I and and uh, you will lose that he's going to be drunk. <laughs> I, I, I don't rec- – I'm just looking at the teams in it right now. I don't recognize the majority of, of the names. I know Greg Cantor. Our friend who's been, been on the show. I'll just tell you this right now. No, I, listen, this is a special special reward for anybody who's tuned in and listened to us this week. Right? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Greg Cantor is in this league, and then uh, uh, a, a 26er is in this league. I believe it is former guest on this show, John Walter, oh, uh, nice. is in the draft as well. Cool. The rest of the team names, I have no idea. Yeah, Crack Rock is, you know, Cantor. He won't be drunk. He'll just be hot on Crack. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> There's a good chance that everybody's me high. Uh, no question. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you again next week. Uh, enjoy your weekend, and happy Father's Day to all the dads out there.